Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. We have some fun for you in this one with Frank Frangi, voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I really like Frank, really enjoy talking with him. He hosts a talk show in North Florida as well as does play-by-play. So very glib, fun to talk to, fun to hear from as far as what's going on with the Jaguars, and we'll get into some around-the-league stuff as well. And Andre Ware will be with us as well. Freddy's Frozen Custard could be with you. They have 15 locations, and the original Double Steak Burger is a real game-changer. The new food truck custom-designed to bring the steak burgers, fries, and frozen custard you love right to your event, Freddy's Frozen Custard. All right, here he is, voice of the Jags, Frank Frangi. Frank, 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 it's been a while since week seven, and things have not gone better for the Jaguars. I asked you then, I'll ask you now, what's the key difference this year to the last year when you went to the AFC Championship game, and is most of it injuries? You know what? A lot of it is, and I, and I probably don't know any more now than I knew then, Mark. Uh, it's been a wild season, a bizarre season. Teams, a team that was five minutes from the Super Bowl a year ago, and we were pretty proud of that, suddenly is... Uh, loses nine out of ten before beating the Dolphins last week. You know, there's, there's multiple things, Mark. I think more than anything else, this team was great on defense, just okay on offense going into the season. I think that more than anything else. Great on defense, just okay on offense, and then lost key offensive guys. Lost Marquise Lee, lost Austin Safarian Jenkins, uh, lost Cam Robinson, Leonard Fournette's down for half the season. They weren't good enough. The roster wasn't good enough on offense. To overcome that. And that, that's oversimplifying it, but in a nutshell, that's what it is. The offense wasn't good enough to overcome that. Bortles is a good player. He's not good enough to overcome all that, and I think he lost confidence. I think the offense lost confidence. I think the defense lost confidence in the offense, and the whole thing snowballed. So it's been a bizarre season that nobody can really put their head around, Mark. I really mean that. All right, we'll get to the quarterback situation in a moment here, Frank, but one thing I wanted to ask you is how do you explain the performances against Miami and Indy recently where you hold those opponents to seven and six points respectively? I mean, outstanding defense in those games and really kind of perplexing considering what was on the line for the opponents. Yeah, You know, I, I think I think this defense is really good. I'm a homer maybe. I think this defense is really legit. Uh, I, I think Calais Campbell's playing as well as any defensive lineman in the league, without exception. I think Jalen Ramsey's as good as any cornerback in the league. I think A.J. Boye, who you know from his days in Houston, is a very good player. I think the defense is legit. They haven't had great games every time out. The defense is legit. I think a few things that are different. The offense didn't hurt itself in those games. Well, so many times this year, the offense would make a turnover or commit a turnover in minus territory, and you look up at 7 nothing. it's 10 nothing. They got hit in the mouth, and, no, and they never got off the deck. I think the defense has been legit. Should it be the Steelers? The defense swallowed up that great Steelers offense, but the offense was so bad they lost at the end of the game. Uh, they're early in the season. They should have beat the Titans, lost 9-6. to six. They swallowed up that beat, that offense, uh, that lost at the end of the game because the offense couldn't do anything. I don't think the, the Colts game or the Dolphins game were unusual defense. I think they've played good defense. They're, they're fifth in the league in defense, both in scoring and total defense, Mark. That's not a, that's not a, a mirage. They're fifth in the league in defense. The offense has just been so bad, honestly. It's been so bad that in this day and age of passing football, and you know this, if your offense can't do anything, if you can't move the sticks at all, if you can't stay on the field at all, eventually the defense collapses. If you look at the games where they won or the defense looked like they played even better, it's really because, in my mind, the offense didn't turn it over, stayed on the field a little bit longer, and gave them a fighting chance. Frank Frangie, voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars, joining us on Texans Radio. The quarterback position, 
when Bortles gets benched, were you surprised they did that? Were you surprised they stuck with Kessler as long as they did? Because from afar, it didn't look like much was getting done with the backup. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, do, I was not – a bunch of questions there, Mark. I was not surprised they, they made the move. When you're losing, you're losing, you lose. Sometimes you make a move just to, shake, just to shake things up a little bit. And the first game Cody played, it wasn't too bad. I was a little surprised they didn't go back to Blake sooner when Cody started struggling the way he has. So I was not surprised they made the change. I was a little surprised they didn't go back to Blake sooner. But I get it. It's almost like, you know what, if you, you, you play, then you get benched, then you play, then you get benched. I think they almost felt like you could only change it so many times, and then you've moved on from your guy. And, I, and, I, and again, Doug Marone didn't tell me that. That's me trying to just read the tea leaves. But after it, Cody struggled so much. Clearly, this team has a better chance to win with Blake Bortles than it does Cody Kessler. If there's one thing they learned, it's Cody's probably not the guy here. And I think they probably figured that part out. So if clearly, they have a better chance to win with Blake Bortles in the game. It's been a bizarre run for Would you have thought, watching it from afar in Houston, that when they were five minutes from the Super Bowl, that midway through the season, Blake Bortles would no longer be the future? No. I mean, I, we thought he was good. He was 25 years old when all that was happening. Yeah. He, he turned 26 in April. We believed. This guy was going to be the quarterback for the next five, six years, and then it all turned this year. Just a bizarre season for the Jaguars. Well, you think about how many points they scored against Pittsburgh and how he looked against the Texans when we saw him up close and personal. It seemed like he really turned a corner, but uh, look, stranger things have happened in this league. What about Bortles on Sunday, though, Frank? What can the Texans fans expect out of Bortles, who, let's face it, this is a very important game in his career on Sunday? That's exactly right. I think he's going to play very well. I, I think I think this is a good game on Sunday. I, the Texans have a really good team. We thought before the season they'd be good. Uh, I'm not. Nobody in Jacksonville, I can assure you, Mark, is surprised the Texans are this good. Nobody, nobody is surprised at this uh, on our in our neck of the woods. I assure you. But I think the Jags will play well in this game. I don't. I think this game is going to be a close game. I think. Uh, I think the Jags. I think there are players on this team that have a lot to play for individually. The team can't accomplish much as a group. But Bortles is among the players that has an awful lot. There's an awful lot of guys with 50-year options coming up. There's an awful lot of guys with potential extensions coming up. I think they need to keep Marshall Darius. I think they definitely need to keep Calais. They've got to make a decision on Telvin. They've got to make some 50-year decisions on Jalen and other guys. I think it's an important game for a lot of people. I think Blake will play well in this game. I also think Leonard Fournette is healthy. He hasn't run well because nobody respects the Jaguars' downfield passing game. The receivers aren't very good. The quarterbacks have been up and down. So nobody respects the vertical passing game. If there's any passing game at all, they hit any plays down the field early on, I think it then helps that, that Leonard Fournette is back and finally healthy. So, uh, look, the Texans have a great season going. You know this. I hope you guys go, go deep in this thing. You've earned that. But I think the Jags are going to play him close on Sunday. I don't think that game's going to be an easy Okay, Frank, so let's talk about some of the other games because we've seen all these teams, and – You've seen the Colts recently, so have the Texans. In fact, a week after the Jags beat the Colts 6-0, the Texans lost to them 24-21. So the Colts at the Titans on Sunday, what kind of shot do you give Tennessee to pull this thing out? Oh, that's a close game, too. I, I Look, teams like the Titans that are very physical defense and the Jaguars, who are very physical defensively, now they don't have Casey, but have a very good defensive front, match up well with the Colts. The Jaguars play, and I know you asked about the Colts and the Titans, but I'll make it a point uh, on this comment, Mark, And because I, I think the Titans are like the Jaguars. The Jaguars match up very well with quarterbacks who stay in the pocket. It's not a surprise to me that the Jaguars beat the Patriots, that they beat the Colts, and that they frankly should have beaten the Steelers, because those quarterbacks are trying to beat you for the pocket. 
they will have a tough time with Deshaun Watson. They have a tough time with Mariota. They have a tough time with quarterbacks who get out of the pocket. Well, I think the Titans are built the same way. I think the Titans are going to play the Colts very close because they will get after a quarterback who, play, who tries to win the game from the pocket, and that's what Andrew Luck is. Having said all that, Luck is so good. I don't know that he drives the ball as well as he once did before the shoulder injury, but he's pretty close to being the same guy. And he is so good. He is, it's a quarterback league, and he's such a good quarterback that I think the Colts are going to win the game. But I think that's a, a terrific game, and I think that thing goes down to the wire. You think this is the best division in football? Yes, I do. I, I said before, look, other than our team, everybody else has really held their weight on this thing. I thought before the season the NFC South would be the best division because I think the Saints are Super Bowl I thought before the season the Saints are Super Bowl caliber, and obviously they are. Uh, the, the Falcons aren't that far removed from the Super Bowl. The Panthers had a wonderful season last year. I thought if Jameis Winston got it going at all, Mark, that that would be the best division because I thought all four teams would be competitive, and they, and they weren't. Other than that, three of the four teams in our division have been competitive. Look, three teams in our division are are, are have big aspirations. The other team, our team, was five minutes from the Super Bowl a year ago. So all four teams are not that far removed from very good stuff. So, yes, I think this is the best division. Uh, obviously, the uh, the AFC West has two very good teams, but top to bottom it isn't as good. I think this is the best division of football. Frank Frangie, voice of the Jaguars, with us. All right, a game of great interest to Texans fans, especially if they manage to beat the Jaguars, is the Jets at New England do the Jets have a chance to pull off the upset in Foxborough, in your opinion? The Jags beat both of these teams. No, I don't think so. I think the, the, the Patriots are an interesting lot. They, they always seem to be good when they need to be good. We, you see them during the year sometimes, Mark, and you'll think, what in the world? They're better than that. Uh, but they always – don't you think that when the Patriots need to be good, mm. they're always good? They're, in fact – they're about as good as there's been in the history of the league at being good when you need to be good. They need to be good this week. Obviously, they're fighting for that two seed. Um, it's a very important game for New England. I think they rolled the Jets this week. Yeah, I'm afraid you're right, but I was hoping for better things, or different things, rather. Uh, the Chiefs, what do you think of the Chiefs going deep here? Are they the best team in the AFC? Is it a surprise? Is it the Colts maybe rising up? Is it the Chargers? What do you think? I think the Chiefs have to outscore you because they're not very good on defense. I do think the Kareem Hunt thing hurts them. I think he was, I don't think he was just a functional piece of a very good offense. I think he was a, a big reason, uh, along with Tyreek Hill and Mahomes, of course, that that offense was so good. So the Chiefs have a very good team, but they have to beat, they have to outscore you. They're not, Chiefs aren't beating you 10 to 7. Sometimes 10 to 7 games rear their head. Um, if it's me, even though they haven't looked like the best team in football, if you ask me who is going to advance out of the AFC, it's hard for me to pick against Belichick and Brady until they're not the team. The most interesting team, and I think the way Deshaun Watson has played, the most complete team is your team. I think the Texans are the most complete group when they're playing well. Even when they lose to Philadelphia, it was a good game, and that, that, thing, was, that thing was down, that was 12 rounds, right? Down mm-hmm. to the wire. So I think the most complete team is probably, I think the NFC is probably better top to bottom than the AFC. I think the most complete team is probably the Texans. Uh, I think the most high-flying team, if they're all, if this thing, these things are all track meets, are the Chiefs. But if you ask me to bet on one team, the Chargers were disappointing last week, by the way. They played small in a game at home against the Ravens they needed to win. Uh, that, one, that one really surprised me, that they didn't find a way to win at home in that game. So 
I'm not betting against Belichick and Brady, Mark. I'm just not. Until until they don't get there, it's hard for me to vote bet against them. Objectively, I think I agree with you, Frank. All right, Frank, thanks a lot for joining us. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Safe travels here. Okay, Mark. See you. Take care, buddy. There's Frank Frangi, voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, NFL stadiums are built for noise. You know this. And over 70,000 screaming fans can make it hard to concentrate. So NFL coaches rely on powerful noise-canceling technology from Bose to block out distractions and keep their focus on the field. And that same technology is inside QuietComfort 35.2, the most powerful Bose noise-canceling headphones yet. They can take your concentration to the next level so you can delve deeper into your music. Learn more at Bose.com slash Texans. Bose, the exclusive sound of the Houston Texans. Exclusively for you, here's Andre Ware. Andre, the Texans are not running the ball the way they want. Last three games not working out, and you brought it up earlier. When you have either one of the two guards out, it feels, Sunil Kelamete or Zach Fulton, it just doesn't seem to be the same. They look so young up there when you take one or both of those guys out. Your thoughts on what it's going to take to improve? Yeah, it's uh, it's by far the most important position group as a whole because all five of those guys have to work in sync in terms of timing and who's passing which blocker off to who in pass protection and and when, especially when you're running the football who's got who and when that chemistry is disrupted it becomes tougher when that when it's all thrown off and so we've had injuries the last couple of weeks up front and that's i think that is a direct correlation with why they're struggling running the football you mix that with a uh, an unhealthy Lamar Miller who was having an outstanding year, uh, all of a sudden he has got the bugaboo with an ankle and chemistry problems up front. That spells trouble. Andre, we're joining us. Dre, what about the development of Deshaun Watson? Here we are late in year two, didn't play much in year one, and the Texans are scoring a lot of points. In fact, since week 11, they're third in the league in points scored. That's not too shabby. No, it's not, and I, I think I said it during last week's broadcast that any time uh, you have him on the field and a healthy Deshaun Watson, you got a chance to win, and I don't care what's around him. The kid just figures out a way to to get it done. You know, Demarius Thomas goes out, and, and uh, we're still in that ball game at the very end until Philadelphia drives it down and kicks a 35-yard game-winning field goal, but you feel pretty good about your chances with him, uh, and What's amazing about it all is he's just he's only in his second year, so you know it's going to get better. The longer he's in a system uh, and not changing from system to system each year, there's a foundation in which to build from each and every year he comes to training camp, and therefore you can expand on that and, and really take advantage of, uh, of everything that he does athletically. So uh, it's just been fun to watch. Uh, he is mature beyond his years, and the playmaking ability is really just off the charts. Trey, the Texans have been really good against the run. Blake Bortles will start for the Jaguars on Sunday. The question is, can they take advantage of some of the difficulty the Texans have been having stopping the pass? Your take on what the Jags are going to throw at the Texans offensively? Oh, I think uh, you know they they won't they won't differ from what they always like to do, and that's to try to run the football and and. Uh, with Blake, with Bortles not having started in a couple of weeks, they want to protect him, especially early, until he gets some footing in the game, and by that you run the football. But uh, I, I think they will also try to exploit some things later as he's settled into the game. They'll start throwing it around a little more. Remember, it took a few turnovers, and he was actually pulled 
in the game against the Texans uh, that week because he kept fumbling. Now, you know, you, you take those away, and who knows what type of ball game you have. So that'll be um, the the number one key for the Jaguars is just to not turn the football over, and by not doing that, I'm pretty sure they think they've got a pretty good shot of winning this thing. They, we're, don't Don't get it twisted. The Texans are going to get their best shot and every every bit of it to try to play the spoiler role uh, in this deal and, and uh, send the Texans on the road. So uh, they've, they've got a vested interest in uh, in how the, the season ends as well. Guys are playing for jobs. Uh, they are not going to fold the 10 up coming to Houston and, uh, and just roll over and, and let the Texans have this one. This will be a hard-fought game. And the Texans fans will also be scoreboard watching what's going on in Foxborough between the Patriots and the Jets. Do you give the Jets any kind of shot to get this one? The Patriots ran the ball so well last week against Buffalo, but the passing numbers were not good. Brady throws a couple of picks, bad quarterback rating. He's got a banged-up knee, reportedly. Yeah, I think uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think it's a health issue with the Patriots at the wrong time this point into the season, but I, I don't see him having much of a problem with the Jets. Sam Darnold has played some outstanding football the last couple of weeks. He's thrown it around pretty good, but I don't think it's going to be enough uh, to beat the Patriots uh, on Sunday. That That's, that's just a tall order um, in any stadium, let alone uh, with with uh, <laughs> you facing the facing the, uh, the a team that is is a mainstay in the playoffs in the final week of the season when they know they have to have one. Uh, I don't. I don't see the. Ch- I don't give the Jets much of a chance in that one. All right. So the Titans and the Colts are playing Sunday night, and somebody's going to the playoffs. If the Texans lose, they'll win the division. If the Texans win, it'll be a wild card berth on the line. But what do you think of that matchup as the Titans will host Indy? Yeah, I'm not sure that. Uh... If uh, Marcus Mariota will be back, I'm doubting it. And they'll have to start Blaine Gabbert in that game. I, I just like the way the Colts are playing. And, and the, the way the Titans are built, it's to run the football. You're talking about one of the better run defenses in the league and the Colts and the way they've played in the last last half of the season. Uh, Andrew Luck is playing some outstanding football. They're getting enough uh, to win games. And even when they're not scoring early, they find a way to get on the scoreboard like they did last week and scored just enough points uh, to beat the Giants. So uh, if if I uh, if I'm looking at, at this one, I'm going to favor the Colts in this one and uh, and then just kind of see where it falls. But it, it'll be a close game for a while. I just like the Colts to pull it out in the end. What do you make of Baltimore and Cleveland? It'll be in Baltimore and Cleveland's playing so well lately. The Ravens yeah, are it's a too, though. Game because you look at it, you know the Browns. Have not closed up shop. Uh, they are. They've played very well. Baker Mayfield has has uh, I think surpassed everybody's expectations as a rookie quarterback, and he's taking care of the football. He's making plays. They found a running game in Nick Chubb, and the defense has played very well. So uh, it's a young team playing with some confidence at the end of the season. Uh, this, this will be a tough one for Baltimore, though they you know they have all the ingredients that you need this time this time of year. And it's not turning the ball over. They've got a running game, and they certainly got arguably the uh, one of the top two or three defenses, maybe the top defense in the NFL. And that that travels. It uh, it is it, it proved it last week in their ball game. And, and Lamar Jackson can can just uh, knock the wind out of you at any second. So, um, but 
when you put it all together, that's a hard game to pick, really. I would say Baltimore because I think their defense is just a little bit better than what Cleveland has faced in the, in the past couple of weeks. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Browns won that game. Well, the Steelers outside looking in, and it's a weird situation when you look at all the talent on Pittsburgh's roster. I know it was a tough one with the Saints, but that loss to the Raiders a couple of weeks ago is really killing them right now. What's wrong with the Steelers, in your opinion? Yeah, that I think that you're exactly right. I think they just felt like they could roll their helmets on the field against the Raiders and then found themselves in a ball game, and it was just a little bit too late. And then last week against New Orleans, just, you know, the – you know, we're on the bad end of a bad call, and uh, and ultimately I think it cost them the game, and not only the game, but maybe a shot to get in the playoffs. But uh, they just seem to be late starters. I mean, they start games, you know, slowly, and uh, and then they've got to play catch up. And when you're facing teams like the Rams and teams that can score points, excuse me, not the Rams, but the Saints, teams that can score points and jump you early, then uh, that makes that makes it tough on yourself. And it just seems. To have been out of rhythm all year, no Le'Veon Bell, and now no, now no James Conner, and they're still trying to band-aid and and tape it together. They've been, you know, in games they just can't seem to finish them, and it's it's been defense when they need stops, uh, one stop here and there in a game, they just can't seem to get them. The defense will play, you know, in spurts, but when they really need stops, they can't seem to get them. I just think it's funny that. In the AFC, the top three seeds, Patriots, Chiefs, Texans, have all lost two of their last three games heading into the final weekend of the regular season. So everybody's got problems. Whoever gets hot is going to come through. Well, you know, it's it's the old saying that if you're at the – everybody wants to knock off the king of the hill. And if you're one of the three teams standing there looking down, uh, you can best believe you're going to get everybody's best shot, uh, especially down the stretch. And and when guys are – out of the playoffs or teams are out of the playoffs and guys are playing for jobs, you're going to get an extra effort there. And when you have teams that are uh, looking up that are vying for playoff spots, uh, you're going to get their best effort as well. So I think that's that's all mixed into that last two out of the last three-week losses for those top two, top three teams. All right, Andre, have a great bowl, and we will talk to you on Sunday. Looking forward to the big, drama-filled final weekend of the NFL regular season. Yeah, it should be a good one Sunday. Looking forward to it. There's Andre Ware. Thanks to him, and thanks to Frank Frangi for being on the podcast this week. Don't forget to check out all the other podcasts right here or wherever fine podcasts are available. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day, and go Texans.